You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Would you take your Bibles, please, to the book of Luke? Luke chapter 2 in your Bibles, and I'd like to read a few verses. And I'm thankful for the opportunity and the privilege to get to preach. I was so blessed last night to uh, to get to hear from Brother Reynolds. What a powerful message. And I've known Brother Reynolds for a long, long time. It's amazing how God is using him. And uh, I did not, I, I knew Brother McKay, but I never heard him preach. And last night, what a powerful message. I'm looking forward to hearing more from both of these men. And I know there'll be a blessing. Luke chapter 2 in your Bibles, begin reading in verse number 40. The Bible says in the child, this is Jesus, after uh, his uh, birth and after he was taken to the temple to be dedicated uh, to the Lord. It says, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey. And they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. I'd like for you to read with me verse number 45 uh, out loud. Ready? Verse 45, begin. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. Allow me to continue reading verse 46. It came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me, wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Verse 52, the Bible says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Our Father, I pray that you'd speak to us as we look at your word. I pray that we would uh, be alert. I pray that we would be receptive. I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would speak. And we have been challenged already this morning. We were challenged last night. But I pray this morning that we would not miss what you have for us. I pray that you'd speak through me, and I pray you'd speak to these precious young people. I thank you for them coming. I thank you for the youth workers and the parents and pastors and people who made it possible for them to come. And I pray this morning that you do a mighty work in this place. God, I think of the works I've seen you do on this property and the other property over the years. And Lord, we beg of you to please do it again and do it in this place for these young people for such a time as this, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says in verse number 41 that Jesus went to the temple with his parents. 
Now, Jesus at this time was 12 years old, and he went with his parents to the temple. Can I tell you, Pastor Treber hit on it this morning, but I am so, so thankful for godly parents. I'm thankful for a mom and dad that took me to church, and maybe for some of you, you don't have parents in church, and if you don't have parents in church, can I encourage you, you still love your parents, you obey them, you respect them, you pray for them, uh, let God use you to bring your parents to Christ. Uh, don't go home and preach to your parents. Go home and respect your parents. Go home and honor your parents and watch how God will work in their heart. But Jesus had good parents. I'm thankful for the parents that God has given me. I see that Mary and Joseph, they were parents who did what was right. They were parents that loved God. They were parents that were faithful to God. My father was a Christian school teacher for 20 years. After that, he pastored the same church for almost 20 years. He was in the ministry for 40 years. Five years ago, God took him home. Uh, he died of a massive sudden heart attack. We had no warning. Uh, there were no health problems. So I didn't have time. I didn't know that it was coming. I remember getting the phone call. It was a Friday evening. I was in North Carolina and my dad was in Illinois. And uh, I got the call from my brother. He said, Jeremy, he said, we don't know what's going on, but we know that they're taking dad by way of rescue squad to the ER. And he said, it doesn't look good. I was there in my office on that Friday evening. My wife and my girls, they were visiting family a couple hours away. And I just began to pray and began to cry. I got the call about 45 minutes later. And my brother said, Jeremy, he said, dad didn't make it. And immediately in my mind, I'm going back to the last conversation I had with my dad. And just a few days before that, on the phone, I had a conversation with my dad. I sat out in the parking lot of the church. I'd come back from lunch one day, and we were talking about Sunday and the day that God had given us and the day that God had given him. And as we finished that conversation like we did every time, the last words were, I love you. And can I tell you, young people, if you left your parents and you did not leave on good terms and Maybe that's the norm now. Maybe the, the norm is that you fight with your parents or that you're rude to your parents. You don't speak to your parents. Can I tell you, you're not going to reach the prize. You're not going to accomplish anything for God until you first get things right with your parents. And I'd encourage you when you get home to tell your parents you love them. I'd encourage you when you get home to show your parents that you love them and, and give them the honor and the respect that they deserve and the honor and respect that God wants you to give them. Maybe you shouldn't wait till you get home to tell them you love them. Maybe you should get on the phone today and say, Mom and Dad, I love you. Thank you, as Pastor Treeper preached, thank you for all you've given me. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the sacrifices that you've made. But I'll say this, young people, if you're going to be right with God, you're going to have to be right with Mom and Dad. And I want to encourage you to, to search your heart and, and to do inventory in your life and say, am I right with my parents? I see that Jesus had a, a, an earthly father and he had a mother that were right and served God and loved God. The Bible says when he was 12 that they took him to the temple. The Bible tells us in verse number 43 that after they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But verse 44 says, but they supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey. Now that word suppose is, a, is an interesting word, but it literally means 
that they just assumed something was true. They didn't do a head count. And by the way, I was a youth pastor, and I know the importance of doing a head count after every activity and every stop you make because sometimes young people get left behind at a gas station or at a restaurant or at an amusement park. And that is not good. And so youth pastors, I commend you for keeping track of your teens. But the Mary and Joseph, they didn't leave Jesus behind on purpose. They did not intend to leave Jesus and say, you know, we need a break. This Jesus, he is, he's just really giving us a lot of trouble and we'd like a, a day of peace and quiet without him. Oh no, that wasn't the plan. They planned that Jesus would be with them and they thought that Jesus was with them, but they went a whole day before they realized that Jesus was not there. I want you to notice, number one, as we look at this text and as we look at this passage of Scripture, I want you to see, number one, that Mary and Joseph supposed that Jesus was with them when indeed he was nowhere to be found. I wonder this morning at this youth conference, I wonder if there's some young people that if the truth were told, that's all you're doing. You're just supposing. You just assume because you're in a good church or you're in a good youth group or because you've got good parents, you just assume you've got Jesus with you, but he's not even close. He's not within 10 miles of you because you haven't talked to him, because you haven't spent time with him. Because everything for you is about fun and games and it's been a long time since you opened your Bible in your room and spent time with God. Maybe it's been a long time since you pray. You say, well, I pray before every meal. Good, I hope you do. But can I tell you, it's got to be more than a uh, Lord bless this food. Amen. Your relationship with the Lord has got to be more than now I lay me down to sleep and I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You see, we're not talking about the beginner level. We're not talking about just being a Christian in name only. We're talking about being a Christian 24-7. We're talking about a genuine, real Christianity that's going to help you to reach the prize and to cross the finish line and to stay true to God. The Bible says in verse number 45 that when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. I know that as Christians, we're programmed that we don't go back. I understand that. The group sang last night, I don't want to go back to the world. And by the way, I don't want you to go back to the world. I don't want you to go back to the wrong crowd. I don't want you to go back to the world's music. I want you to set your course and, and decide you're going to press toward the mark. But I want to say this. If you are on a mission today and you are on a course without Jesus Christ, It'd be a good idea to stop. It'd be a good idea to turn around. And it'd be a good idea to go back where you left Jesus. It'd be a good idea to say, I'm just wasting my time because I'm trying to go through life without Jesus. Maybe you're just supposing. In 1981, there was a young man who had a desire to go to Alaska. He'd been there before, but he had a desire to go to a remote part of Alaska it was so remote that no vehicles could get in there, no, no cars and, 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 and no vehicles could get in except a plane. He hired a pilot that took him to, and flew him to this spot where he was dropped off in the month of March in Alaska. 
His desire was to photograph wildlife and he had all kinds of supplies. He had food, he had weapons, he had ammunition, he had uh, uh, rolls and rolls of film. Uh, you don't even know what that is, but that's the way he used to take pictures with rolls of film. And he was dropped off. He had made months and months of preparation. He had everything mapped out and everything figured out and he was dropped off in March and he was supposed to be picked up in August. As the pickup time came, he wrote in his journal and he wrote these words. He said, I fear that I failed to make plans for my return home. And as he began to be continue to write in that journal, he realized that he had not actually confirmed with the pilot when and where the pilot would pick him up. This man, his name is Carl McCunn. He was found several months later. They finally sent a rescue squad in there by uh, way of, uh, of helicopters and they found his body and they found all of his belongings and he literally had starved and, and frozen to death. And before he actually uh, starved, he took a gun and he killed himself because he knew that there was no way that he could escape. He knew there was no way he could get back to civilization. And you know, young people, I thought how sad. That man made so many plans. He made so many preparations, but he failed to make preparation for the most important part of his journey. He failed to prepare for his departure. And young people, you're here today and you're making a lot of plans. You're planning for college and you're planning for a job and you're planning for a car and you're planning for a house and you're planning for a career and you're planning for everything. But don't forget the most important thing. And the most important thing is where you will spend eternity when you die. I've known young people, they just suppose they were saved. I'm not here this morning to get you to doubt your salvation because I believe once you're saved, you're saved. I believe in eternal security. I believe that Jesus is the one who keeps us in his hand and the Father's hand and we're sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. But you're not saved today just because your parents are saved. You're not saved today just because you're in a good youth group. You're not saved because you go to a good church. The only way that a person can be saved is by putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for themselves. I want to ask you today, have you been saved? Do you know that you know that you've been born again? 1 John 5, 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. I'd hate for you to leave this youth conference with doubts. I'd hate for you to leave, leave this youth conference not knowing for sure what a tragedy it would be with Brother Russ and Brother Flood and all the work that you and this church and this staff has put into this conference for any teenager to come and sit under a tent and leave not knowing for sure that heaven is your home. You can't suppose. You can't just guess. You can't just assume. You've got to know that you've been saved. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Jeremy, I know I'm saved. And I'm glad for that. And I'm thankful that you know you're saved. But I want to ask you this. Do you know that you're walking with Jesus? Do you know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Please don't misunderstand me. Once you get saved, you can't lose your salvation. But you can lose the fellowship and you can lose the closeness and you can lose that relationship with Jesus Christ. I see in this passage 
The Bible says that they went, verse 41, they went every year at the feast of the Passover. It says in verse 42, they went to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. Can I tell you, some of us, I think we just treat church as a custom. Some of us just treat youth conference as a custom. Well, it's June, so I guess we're going to youth conference. Well, I'm glad you're at youth conference. But if you're going to be at youth conference, you might as well get right with God. If you're going to be at youth conference, you might as well know the reason why we have youth conference. And it's not for great America. And it's not for the competitions. It's so that you can know Jesus Christ in a better and a more real and personal way. I'm thankful for youth conference. I'm thankful for teen camps. But don't just go through the motions. Uh, don't just go to these events without letting the Holy Spirit of God work in your heart and life. The Bible says in verse number 43, and when they had fulfilled the days. I think sometimes in our youth groups, that's all we do. We just punch a clock. We just show up. We just go through the motions. I've done this before. I've been to youth hour. I've been to teen soul winning. I've been to church. I've been on the activities. I've been there. Friend, good, I'm glad, but don't just go through the motions. Don't let it become just a routine or a ritual. The Bible says they went a day's journey. They went an entire day. Think about everything that was involved in that trip back home from Jerusalem. They went a whole day and they did not even realize that Jesus was not with them. I think about the story of Samson in the Bible and the story of Samson is such a, a tragic story. But the Bible says in Judges 16 and verse 20, it tells us something about Samson's life and it says that there came a time that Samson, he wist not that the spirit of the Lord was departed from him. Now that's a sad commentary to think that the Spirit of God had departed from Samson. But I want to tell you what's even more tragic than that. I'll tell you what's even more awful and what's sadder than the fact that the Spirit of God departed was the fact that Samson did not even know it. And I want to tell you, young people, if you're here, I want to encourage you to do inventory in your heart and say, do I have a relationship with the Lord that is real? Do I have a walk with God that is real? Am I pressing toward the prize with Jesus or have I gotten so wrapped up in my own agenda and my own plans that I'm doing it on my own? I'll tell you, you can operate in the flesh for a while, but you'll never accomplish anything of spiritual or eternal value in the flesh. I see number one, that Mary and Joseph, they supposed that Jesus was with them, but he was not. Number two, I want you to see quickly, when they realized that Jesus was not in their midst, when they realized that Jesus was no longer in their presence, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 45, when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem. Look at those last two words. Seeking Him. I want to tell you, young people, it's time to seek God. It's time to get back to a point where you say, I've got to have God. I've got to have a walk with God. I've got to have a relationship with God that is real. I want to find God. Now, I'm glad when it comes to salvation, I'm glad God is the one that's seeking after us. Aren't you glad the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost? 
Jesus came to you when you could not go to where he was. He came to you in salvation. Jesus seeking after you. But in a walk with God, it is going to be you seeking after him. That's why James chapter 4, the Bible says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. It's in your court. You've got to make that move. You've got to make that decision every day to say, I'm going to spend time with God. Brother Reynolds was in our, my youth group when I was a teenager. My wife and I, when we served in Illinois, and uh, we talked about this a lot. And at teen camps, we had a, a, a in our schedule, we'd have our, our God and I time. We'd have that on the schedule. And that was during the week of camp. And we'd encourage the, the teens to find a place and spend time reading the Bible, spend time praying. But, you know, we, we did that at camp. But we didn't make house calls after camp and check up on the teens. Uh, we weren't coming. Well, um, we should have been checking up on Brother Reynolds when he was a teen. But we weren't coming to Brother Reynolds' house and banging on the door and saying, hey, did you walk with God today? Did you read your Bible today? Did you pray today? Can I tell you, your youth pastor's probably not doing that. You know why? Because it's up to you. You've got to make the choice to seek God for yourself. The Bible says when they found him not, they kept looking. I want to encourage you to seek after God. Matthew 7, seek and ye shall find. 1 Chronicles 16, 11, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Uh, seek the Lord. Seek his strength. Seek his face continually. Notice Luke 2, verse number 46. And it came to pass after three days. Three days. Now, I don't know where all they were looking, but Jerusalem was a pretty big place. But it took them three days to find Jesus. I want to tell you, if you've gotten away from Jesus, it's going to take you more than 30 seconds it's going to take you more than a couple minutes. It might take you a while to, to find that place again and get your Bible out and spend time in the Bible and spend time in prayer and turn off the cell phone and turn off the TV and turn off the tablet and turn everything off and say, I just got to get alone with God. Young people, I want to challenge you. You've got to seek after God. Those that claim the prize, those that cross the finish line, it's not teenagers that have been led by the hand by their youth pastor for all five years in the youth group. It's people that learn how to walk with God for themselves. I see quickly, number one, that they were supposing. Number two, I see that they were seeking. Would you turn with me in your Bibles? Hold your place in Luke 2. Would you turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 14? 2 Chronicles 14. The Bible tells us about a king by the name of Asa. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 14, verse 11, And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. And in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. What a prayer. What a prayer of a man that was seeking God. Notice 2 Chronicles 15, verse number 2. It says, And he, that is the prophet, went out to meet Asa. And he said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Asa was warned. And Asa was challenged to say, Asa, as long as you seek God, you're going to find him. 
But if you forsake God, Asa, God is going to forsake you. Now, friend, I want you to understand. I am so thankful that God has promised us he will never leave us nor forsake us. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to get you to get all nervous like, oh, no, God's going to leave me. He's never going to leave you. But I'll tell you what will leave you. The blessing of God and the touch of God. If you don't seek after God, 2 Chronicles 16, verse number 12. The Bible tells us that at the end of Asa's life, in the 30th and 9th year of his reign, he was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease, he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. Here is a man that started off so well. Here is a man that made the decision to seek God, but something happened. Asa got to a point in his life where he stopped seeking God and he started relying upon his own abilities and he started relying upon his own accomplishments. He said, hey, I've been at this thing a long time. I don't need God anymore. Friend, I want to tell you, we need him every hour. We need the Lord every day. We need him at all times. Number one, I see Mary and Joseph. They supposed. They just assumed that Jesus was there when in reality, he was not. Number two, they sought. They began to seek. They began to look for him. And I'm so glad to tell you, friend, that when they sought for Jesus, it took them three days, but they found him. And you know what's so great about it? Is Jesus was not hiding from them. The place where they found Jesus was the very place where they had left him. Did you notice what it said in Luke number, chapter number two and verse 43? It says that the child Jesus tarried behind. That means he just stayed a little longer. He just, he wanted to soak it up a little more. Now, I don't recommend that you stay after youth conference tomorrow night. I do recommend you go home with your group. But let me challenge you. Why don't you take youth conference home with you? Why don't you take the decisions and take the spirit of God and, and take of the things that have happened here? And why don't you take it home to your youth group? Why don't you take it and make it a part of your life? The Bible says that they found him in the temple. Verse number 46, it came to pass after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Verse 48, and when they, what's that next word? Saw. Can I tell you that was a great day? For Mary and Joseph, when they'd been looking for three days for their 12-year-old son in the city of Jerusalem, the Bible says in verse number 49, they said, verse 48, they said, we have sought thee sorrowing. There were tears. There was some grief. There was some broken hearts. They said, we have got to find Jesus. And they found him. And when they saw him, can I tell you, it's a great day. When you see Jesus, it's a great day when you get a glimpse of Jesus. It's a wonderful day and a wonderful experience when you don't just hear about Jesus from your youth pastor or your pastor. And it's not just the experiences of your parents. And it's not just the experiences of the youth group before you. But when Jesus becomes real in your life, when you see Jesus, friend, I want to tell you everything else changes. 
and nothing else matters when you see Jesus. Notice verse 48. When they saw him, they were amazed. I want to tell you, it's time for some teenagers here at the North Valley Youth Conference in Santa Clara, California. It's time for some youth, youth, uh, uh, youth uh, young people, some youth leaders and some workers. It's time for some, some youth speakers and it's time for uh, some folks here today to say, I'm going to get my eyes back on Jesus. The songwriter said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. The Bible says that they found Him. The Bible says they heard Him. They heard His understanding. They heard His answers. They listened to what Jesus had to say and they saw Him. And when they saw Him, they were amazed. The Bible records for us in Isaiah chapter 6. It's an amazing account in Scripture where the Bible says that it was the year that King Uzziah died. And Isaiah said, I saw not the King Uzziah. He said, but I saw the King of kings and the Lord of lords on the throne. And can I tell you, young people, when you get a glimpse of Jesus, the things of this world don't matter anymore. Now, I know right now, I know that the devil's doing all that he can to distract you and to get your eyes on the things of this world. But I want to tell you, the things of this world are all going to burn up someday. Nothing, nothing will last in this world. It's all temporal. But what will last is what you do and what I do for Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.